Okay, so today, I don't know if you uh, have noticed, you should have done because it's on the screen and we said it about a million times, it's called Taste and See. Now, I don't know about you, when, oh, I'm treading on all the cables, sorry worship team and PA, ruined everything. Um, I don't really about Taste and See, it gets your appetite going, doesn't it? Just you hear the word taste and you're like, oh yeah, food, oh yeah. I worship God, sorry, 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 God. I heard taste and I wanted, I was taking my favourite meal. I was taking in my head to where, I don't know, it might be curry. You might love curry. I love curry uh, or Indian food in general. Um, so today we're going to look at taste and see. But before we start, I might as well introduce myself. There's new people here who don't know me. My name's Sam, as you've been told. Um, I'm married to Leigh. Lay, give us a wave so people don't think I'm just making it up. Um, <laughs> thank you. I um, actually got married. I don't know how that happened. Praise Jesus. And uh, I'm a, a community group leader here. I play rugby for Hatfield Rugby Team. So that's how much I love the Lord. So England are going to be kicking off in not too long in their rugby match. So I'm going to try and preach really quickly and we can get to the end and then we can watch it rugby together. No, no. Lord is better than rugby. Amen. So that's me. I've been coming to this church seven to eight years now, and I've had an interesting journey here, but I had an interesting journey before I came here, and I'm going to talk about some of that today. So as I said, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's Psalm 34, verse 8, if you ever want to look it up in your Bibles. Psalm, roughly turn the Bible to the middle if you've got one, and you kind of stumble across Psalms. So Psalms 34, verse 8, says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So I said some of my favourite foods, curry, I love Middle Eastern food, who doesn't love Middle Eastern food, it's amazing. Weird one, John told me to share, John is one of my friends, helped me set up, I love mint sauce sandwiches. It's bread, butter, mint sauce, nothing else, perfect, <laughs> absolutely, I've got that one from my dad, so you can't blame me, you can blame my father, um, amazing. I like being interactive, I'm a supply teacher at the moment, so I just want you to chuck out some of your favourite foods to get your minds going on what you really like to eat. Chocolate, Chocolate thank you, Leigh. Anyone else? Chuck some stuff out. Tiram. Oh, that's a great one. No, you're going to get me hungry. Cheese. Oh, cheese, so good. What? Mexican food. What? Oh, spare. Oh, yeah. Strawberries. What was that at the back? Chips. Anything else? I can't hear all, but get your juices going. Think about the food you really like. Stay, okay, any particularly, <laughs> celery, I was about to say any particularly weird ones, but I think we just had one. Um, so I had mint sauce sandwiches, this is my weird one. Has anyone got a really weird favourite food? Yep. I like putting, oh, I like putting jam, peanut butter and marmite on the same. I love marmite too. Oh, that sounds horrific. We'll pray for you later, Sam, it's okay. I'm going to start my timer so I don't talk too long. I promise I'll be short. Um, weird one. So food you don't like. I hate, and I mean hate, kidney beans. Oh, You know when you go to a Mexican restaurant and you're like, yes, that sounds disgusting. It goes through the list and then it says kidney beans. You're like, oh. Well, for me, I'm like, oh, why would you have to ruin a good food? Anyone got anything they particularly hate? Blamange. I was not expecting that as an answer, but that's fine. Pardon? Celery, so you two can battle it off. Give it to Helen. Yeah. I hate prawns. 
You do hate prawns, John Simons hates prawns. One more, we've got time for one more. Jelly deal, yeah, that is this. I don't even know who, who, why did the Cockneys come up with that? That's weird. Like, brilliant, brilliant. So we've got food we love and food we hate. But we see in this verse, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. For the time being, I want you to get your juices and your minds flying on the things you said that you love, the food you said that you love. If you're like me and you read that verse, you focus on taste. Sometimes I kind of forget that the Lord is good part. You're like, taste, yeah. And it says, but the Lord is good. When I was looking over it, there's not, it doesn't say taste and see the Lord may be good. It doesn't say taste and see the Lord sometimes is good. And when it's writing in the Bible, when it talks about the Lord, it's talking about God. It's talking about God. He's good. It's a promise. Who likes Harry Potter here? Anyone like Harry Potter? Do you know those, those beans, those jelly beans you get? And they, Bertie Bassett's, that's the one, fla- any flavour beans, basically. And they put them in, you don't know what it is, and you're like, oh, or some, what was the vomit flavour one we're smoking about in a film? Earwax. And then there's the really nice ones as well. You're like, I don't know, strawberries and cream or something like that. God isn't like that. God isn't like those jelly beans where you taste them and you, you don't know if it's going to be good or bad. God promises in this verse and loads of times over the Bible, he is good. In fact, he says that he is good and it talks about him being no bad. There's nothing wrong with him at all. He's all good. He promises here to be all good. He promises us, us to be like this. I don't know about you, name some. I love cookies. He promises to be like a cookie that never goes stale. That always, it's always tasty. He promises, Stephen, where are you? You're on worship today. Pineapple man. Promise me like a pineapple that tastes delightful and fruity and juicy. And he's like grapes. He's like these. I won't stand on that one. Don't eat that one. He's like that. He offers us stuff that is always good. He's like this lovely food here. You look at it and go, oh, I could eat that now. Get me a knife to cut out that pineapple because I want to have the taste of juiciness in my mouth. I want it to be like that. It's like, I said, my favourite restaurant, my favourite food is uh, Middle Eastern. There's a restaurant on the way to St Albans. There are other restaurants available, before I say this, um, called Oasis. Just a thought about going there gets me going. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm probably going to have a chicken shawarma, probably going to have rice, maybe chips. I don't know, I'm probably going to have grilled halloumi with it. And your mind gets going and your, your juices go and you're like, okay, I really want this, I can't wait. For it. And you can smell it cooking and you're like, oh, I'm going to be able to taste it soon. That's what God's like for us. We should see the food, we should smell the food and we should go, oh, I just, I just can't wait to get into that food. I just can't wait. And like we have to wait for cooking, God says, no, there's no cooking time with me. You just come in. You just come in. And if you don't know him today, if you don't know who I'm talking about, this God, he's saying it doesn't matter that you haven't said yes to me yet because I want you to say yes to me. But I'm still good to you. I'm still a good God. My goodness hasn't changed. You can come rushing to me now. And he's calling you to come rushing to him now. His goodness never changes. It never goes stale. It's not like that piece of rotten fruit you've forgotten to take out of the bowl. It's always, always Always good. So this is what God offered us. Bang on time. This is what God offered us. He offered this amazing fruit, and we've seen it in Psalms. 
Taste and see that he is good. He offers us that. But you might be thinking, what does goodness even mean? My life is pretty hard, you might be thinking. So what's God's goodness? What does it really mean to me? Me and Leigh got married last October. And uh, we planned our meal. I got very excited about the meal. And uh, we knew we were having like, little canapes first. We knew we were having lamb for the main. And um, we knew we were having a trio of desserts to put in. And I was so excited by that. But Leigh was more excited than me. Because one of the desserts was creme brulee. It's her favourite dessert. It's one of my favourite desserts. But when I say it's favourite, Leigh loves creme brulee. Like if, you can buy, if you're going to buy something, buy a creme brulee. She'll love you for life. Like she, she loves it. And so we finished the main course and I could see we got married. So I was a little bit disappointed that Leigh was probably more excited about the dessert than us getting married. But that's okay because it was a momentary thing and marriage went longer. So I could see she was getting excited by the dessert. Mine comes out. I'm very excited. I get my chocolate brownie, sticky toffee pudding, and creme brulee. Lay's come out. She's not overly fussed. She says she loves chocolate, but she's not overly fussed about sticky toffee pudding. Lay's comes out, and it was three creme brulees. <laughs> we hadn't asked for that. The, uh, the people at the reception had picked up on how much Lay loves creme brulee and just brought three out. And said, there you go. There's your trio of desserts. God is like that. We, we think we can imagine he's like this good food, this lovely fruit, like these cookies, these cakes, the food you said at the beginning. And then when we meet him, he goes beyond our imagination. Lay could never imagine that they were going to bring out three creme brulees. We can never imagine and never get to the end of God's goodness. Never get to the end. So that's what he offers us. He offers us amazing food that goes beyond what we can imagine. It's love, it's kindness, it's peace, it's joy, it's forgiveness. If you don't know him, don't you want that? Don't you want to know someone? God, the one true living God, who offers you these amazing things, that's always good. And he says, here I am. You don't have to wait for cooking time. Come to me. So that's what he offered us, and we're getting nearer to the end. We've got about five-ish minutes left. But we, were, we also had a choice, and we also offered this. Now, I don't know about you, that doesn't look particularly nice, does it? Who's thinking, I'm going to go for this bowl rather than this side? Anyone thinking they want this one more than that one? That one? It's definitely not curry. Uh, it's a mix of random stuff. That, some of it's banana, but banana's all right. But the rest of it is just disgusting. It's like soy sauce chucked in, uh, horrible flavours put in there. We were offered that. Uh, we were offered that. God says, you can have me. And what did we do as man? We chose this. Life was great. God gave us a choice and we chose this. We got it, and we covered it all ourselves. And we covered ourselves with it. And it's on my T-shirt. And we covered ourselves. We had the offering of this and the tastiness, and we said, no, you know, I don't want you, God. I want this. I want this. I'm dripping everywhere. 
Life is not easy. And the Bible tells us life isn't easy because we rejected God. It talks about something called the Garden of Eden. And we walked with God in the Garden of Eden. And there was no sin in the Garden of Eden. There was nothing that was wrong in the Garden of Eden. It was just God's goodness. We chose this. We rejected God's goodness and said, I'm going to choose this. And we caked it on ourselves. But what did I say God's goodness was like? Forgiving and loving. So God looked at us covered in this and he didn't suddenly come up with a new plan. He didn't say, oh no, they've rejected me. What am I going to do now? I love them, but I don't know what to do. And God knew we were going to reject him and he, he said, don't worry. John, can I borrow you for a second? He said, don't worry. I love them so much that what I want to do what I'm going to do is the only thing that can cover me, that can clean these people, so I'm cleaning myself, the only thing that can clean these people is if I take what they have done wrong and slap it on him. Slap it on Jesus, my son, covering my son in everything they've done wrong. He takes it all. Everything we've ever done wrong, all the stuff that was on us, Goes on Jesus. Goes on Jesus. And I get clean for everything I've done wrong. Because Jesus, the Son of God, God Himself, who had done absolutely nothing wrong, took everything I had done wrong. And how did He do it? He lived a perfect life. Absolutely nothing wrong. He was handed over to to the Romans because the Jewish people decided said that he's 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 calling to be the king of the Jews. He's calling to be God Himself. That must be wrong, but no, it was not wrong. He's God, and he stretched his arms out wide. We sung about in so many songs this morning. He stretched his arms out wide on the cross, and they nailed nails into his his wrists and in his feet, and he hung on a cross. And we, we, said, we sung the words earlier and he declared it is finished. It's not just a phrase that he says for no reason. He declares it is finished because at that moment, as I said, everything I had done wrong, all this stuff that was on me that is no longer on me, everything I had done wrong, and I mean me, and I mean you guys, went from me and went on him, the one who had done, done nothing wrong. He stretched out wide, his arms out wide, declared it was finished, and he died. And in that moment, when he said, it is finished, and death came to him, every sin was taken. Now, it's important to note that Jesus didn't stay dead on this cross. They took him down, and they put him in a, in a tomb. You might know the Easter story. And three days later, some women, they ran to the tomb. They're going to the tomb. They were like, oh, we're going to put some spices on his dead body. They got there, and the stone was no longer there. The big stone that had been put in the way was no longer there. And inside it was empty. And God, Jesus, was alive. Now that's something you might go, if it's your first time at church, you might go, that is wrong. Surely that cannot be. How can someone go from death to life? But when I say someone, this person was God. The Son of God died for you. And he's alive now. He's alive and he's in heaven. And because I said that he 
He took all of us, all of our shame and our sin. He's now cleansed himself. But also we go from our dirty clothes to our brand new white T-shirt. He was saying earlier on about clothes in righteousness. We go from being dirty to being clean. Now today's service, you, know, you can sit down for me if your arms probably getting tired. Uh, Jesus did it for, for hours. Thank you, Johnny. And we're just coming into the end now. Jesus died for you and he offers you the chance to call him saviour. To call him friend. He's died for you, but he says, say sorry for what you've done wrong. Come to me and know me as saviour. Taste. Because there's taste. He's, taste and see my goodness. You don't have to have this anymore. You don't have to have it. You're still going to get things wrong, yes, but I've forgiven it all, and you can have my goodness. You can have my goodness. You can taste my goodness. And today, as we come to finish, the service is called Taste and See that the Lord is good. It's an invitation. He's not saying, I am good. You could taste it, you could see it. He's saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. Try me, and I will show you my goodness.